Welcome to the Minor and Landis Immigration Update Podcast, the podcast where immigration professionals and foreign nationals go to keep up to date. We want to thank you for helping us reach a milestone this week, 1,000 downloads. Now, the Immigration Update is a humble podcast specifically designed for a limited audience, so we never expected the numbers to be huge, like some other big entertainment podcasts. But just knowing that what we are doing is useful enough to you to help us reach this modest milestone brings great satisfaction. If you find what we do useful, please recommend us to your colleagues in immigration. If you have a chance, rate and review the podcast in your app. This really helps us grow as well. So having said that, let's get into this week's update, written, of course, by Minor and Landis immigration partner, Lynn Walker. You can find more of her articles and videos on her LinkedIn and YouTube pages simply by searching Lynn Walker. And just a reminder that Lynn is spelled L-I-N. When the first round of COVID-19-related travel restrictions were issued in February of 2020, many foreign nationals, employers, and immigration professionals were cautiously optimistic that these restrictions would be short-lived. But more than 18 exhaustive months later, this could not be further from the truth. U.S. embassies and consulates throughout the world continue to operate with a skeletal staff, offering non-immigrant visa appointments on an emergency-only basis and inconsistently approving requests for National Interest Exceptions, or NIEs, to the COVID-19-related travel restrictions. Our podcast this week aims to provide an update regarding the NIE process and guidance for foreign nationals who travel abroad. First, a little background. On January 25, 2021, President Biden issued a Presidential Proclamation, PP 10143, on the suspension of entry as immigrants and non-immigrants, with certain exceptions from a long list of countries who pose a risk of transmitting COVID-19. PP 10143 suspended the entry into the United States of immigrants and non-immigrants who were physically present within the listed countries during the 14-day period preceding their entry or attempted entry into the United States. On April 30th, 2021, President Biden then followed that up with an issuance of another presidential proclamation, this one PP 10199, that suspended the entry of non-immigrants, with certain exceptions, from the Republic of India, who pose a risk of transmitting COVID-19. As with the previous proclamation, PP 10199 suspends entry into the United States of non-immigrants and non-citizens who were physically present within India during the 14-day period preceding their entry or attempted entry into the United States. However, strangely, the regional travel bans do not prohibit all travelers from entering or returning to the United States even if they have been present in one of the 33 listed countries during the 14-day period prior to their entry. For example, these travel bans do not apply to U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents. It does not apply to foreign diplomats traveling to the United States on A or G visas, or international students traveling to the United States on F or M visas. It doesn't include fiancés traveling to the United States on K visas, air and sea crew traveling to the United States on C or D visas, 
and it doesn't include certain family members of U.S. citizens or lawful permanent residents, including spouses, minor children, parents, and siblings. These individuals can travel to any of the 33 countries and then enter or return to the U.S. without any additional requirements beyond having a negative COVID-19 test within 72 hours of their flight to the U.S. Individuals who do not fall within these exceptions, such as H-1B, L-1A, L-1B, O-1A, and O-1B employment-based visa applicants, must first secure an emergency appointment at a U.S. Embassy, most of which are operating with a highly restrictive schedule and staff, and then they must apply for an NIE which states that the travel ban does not apply because they are entering the United States to provide vital support or executive direction for critical infrastructure or significant economic activities in the United States. However, we feel that there is fundamentally unsound science behind the COVID-19 geographic restrictions. Now, we've talked about this before in other podcasts, but it's worth bringing it up again in light of recent developments. The Biden administration's justification for these regional travel bans prohibiting the entry of immigrants and non-immigrants who were physically present in one of these 33 countries was to, quote, implement science-based public health measures across all areas of the federal government to prevent further spread of, end quote, COVID-19. Although these regional entry bans claim to be based in science, such claims are at best disingenuous. If we have learned anything about COVID-19 in the past 18-plus months, it's that this disease does not discriminatorily infect people based on their country of citizenship, country of origin, or immigration status. Science has shown us that individuals are equally susceptible to COVID-19 infections, whether they are U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, diplomats, or F. H, J, K, L, M, or O visa holders. U.S. citizens are just as likely as any immigrant or non-immigrant to become infected with COVID-19 and transmit the disease to others in the United States. So, permitting U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents and their immediate family members, diplomats, students, and sea and air crew members to travel to one of these 33 countries and return to the United States while prohibiting the entry of other immigrants and non-immigrants, does not and has not prevented the further spread of COVID-19 or any of its variants. In fact, the most recent media reports indicate that there are several COVID-19 variants in the United States, which originated in several different countries, including the Delta, Lambda, and Mu variants. Clearly, if the COVID-19 travel restrictions worked, there would not be any variants in the United States, so these travel bans are clearly not based on science. If an international traveler is fully vaccinated and can present a negative COVID-19 test prior to their flight to the United States, why are we prohibiting such individuals from entering the country? Many of the individuals currently barred from entering the United States in H-1B status, L-1 status, and O-1 status are highly educated professionals, highly skilled multinational managers, executives, and specialized knowledge employees, artists, scientists, and business people of extraordinary ability. 
The vast majority of these foreign nationals provide essential services to their U.S. employers that generate millions of dollars in revenues, which in turn creates jobs, opportunities, and services for our nation and communities. It's difficult to understand how an H-1B professional from India or an O-1 artist from China poses a greater risk of transmitting the COVID-19 infection than a diplomat from the United Kingdom or an international student from Germany. So with that background, we now get to the current state of NIEs. While the Department of State has implemented some common-sense measures recently, which include, one, extending the validity of NIEs for 12 months, two, extending the validity of NIEs for multiple entries, and three, extending the application of approved NIEs to all COVID-19 presidential proclamations, national interest exceptions have become, more than anything else, nationally inconsistent exercises that consume significant resources, time, and money for foreign nationals and their employers and generate significant frustration for foreign nationals, their employers, and immigration professionals. Even with additional guidance and new policies from the DOS, obtaining an NIE has become increasingly challenging and uncertain for several reasons. NIEs cannot be submitted until the foreign national employee is physically located in the country where the NIE will be submitted. NIEs must be submitted within 30 days of the foreign national's planned travel or return to the United States. However, many U.S. embassies and consulates are taking between 60 and 90 days to adjudicate such requests. Each U.S. embassy or consulate has a different application process to apply for an NIE. For example, the U.S. Embassy in the U.K. requires the completion of a detailed questionnaire along with a letter from the employer confirming that the foreign national will be engaged in work that provides a vital support or executive direction to critical infrastructure or significant economic activity, while in India, only a letter is required. The determination of who qualifies for an NIE is also highly discretionary. Although, quote, critical infrastructure, end quote, is defined by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security as, quote, significant economic activity, end quote, it is not defined and is therefore subject to the discretionary interpretation of each consular officer. Although the DHS has defined all sectors providing vital support to critical infrastructure as being eligible for NIEs, several embassies and consulates have apparently accorded different priorities to various sectors based on their own discretion. Their reasoning for these priorities has not been shared with foreign nationals, their employers, or immigration professionals. And this lack of transparency makes the challenging process of applying for NIEs nearly impossible. Each U.S. Embassy, consulate, and consular officer seems to have a different standard as to the type of work that meets vital support or executive direction of critical infrastructure or significant economic activity, where some NIEs are approved while others are denied, even in situations where NIEs submitted on behalf of different foreign nationals providing the same vital support for critical infrastructure for the same employer. 
U.S. embassies and consulates have inconsistently determined that they lack authority to issue NIEs to individuals traveling with advanced parole travel documents in lieu of non-immigrant visas. This often requires immigration professionals to first submit NIE requests to the U.S. Embassy, some of which will adjudicate the request. Other embassies will not adjudicate the request, which then requires immigration professionals to submit another duplicate request to U.S. Customs and Border Protection at the airport, where the foreign national will arrive in the United States. Most CBP offices will not adjudicate NIE requests unless a U.S. Embassy first denies the NIE for lack of jurisdiction. Other CBP offices have absolutely refused to entertain NIE requests at all, leading immigration professionals to contact multiple airports to determine which one has a CBP office that will adjudicate an NIE in order for a foreign national to return to the United States. And finally, NIE requests granted by CBP are usually only valid for a single entry into the United States. So, in conclusion, these travel bans are creating significant hardships for U.S. employers and their employees, and they are not scientifically based. Clearly, a person's immigration status is not one of the underlying conditions defined by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that would make a person more susceptible to acquiring and transmitting a COVID-19 infection. Accordingly, the Biden administration should rescind these travel bans and develop a science-based system to help curb the spread of COVID-19. Our continued advice to all NIV holders in the United States is to avoid non-essential travel as we cannot guarantee that there won't be any adverse decisions by immigrations and customs officers, even in the case of individuals who are currently permitted to travel and re-enter the United States. We also cannot guarantee that significant changes will not occur while an individual is outside the United States, which may preclude their re-entry. Unfortunately, this is the state of things right now. As always, Minor and Landis will continue to closely monitor all immigration-related government operations and will publish updates as they happen. Minor and Landis has been successful in securing NIEs for our clients based on the critical infrastructure and significant economic activity standards. If you are affected by any of the geographic COVID-19 travel restrictions, please contact our experienced immigration attorneys to determine if you qualify for an NIE. Thanks for listening. Disclaimer, the information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Minor and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.